On today's edition of the show, Matthew Kachuk is a heart candidate. The Florida Panthers return to practice, and we discuss the possible schedule for the Eastern Conference Final and the relation the Florida Panthers have to the Carolina Hurricanes. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Tuesday, May 16th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter uh, at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers out there who come back here and to get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So, Cats fans, I hope you guys had a heck of a weekend celebrating this win for the Florida Panthers over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, of course, we spoke a little bit about our matchup with the Carolina Hurricanes with the former host of Locked On Panthers, Josh Lick, a little bit. But great weekend overall. Of course, as you guys noticed, there wasn't a Monday show. Of course, I went on a little vacation to recharge the batteries uh, here right before digging in and getting ready for the Eastern Conference Final. But we do have a special guest here on the show today. And this is an edition of the show where we bring one of the people who are there on the daily covering the Florida Panthers. She is Erin Brown of the Hockey News. Erin, welcome back to Locked On Panthers. Thanks for having me. And I thought the special guest was going to be Shadow. Oh, oh yeah. She uh, jumped in and then she walked out. But I did leave the door open in case she wants to make another appearance later in, in the show. Of course, uh, if you follow both Aaron and I on Twitter, we're always <laughs> posting pictures of our cats on on, on that <laughs> in that on that part of social media. But let let I want to give you the floor for a, a few uh, minutes uh, or however long you want, uh, just about giving your opening statements of your thoughts of the Florida Panthers making it here, your expectations and so on. I want to give you the floor on that front. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, wow. Yeah, this is, this has just been like a really wild season. Um, and especially in the past month or so, um, for those who don't follow me, um, I was actually up at the, the women's world championship in Canada um, I think I got up there about the sixth and there was a point where, um, it was right around when the flood happened in Fort Lauderdale, I got stranded there an extra four days. And, um, you know, I was just, I was very briefly thinking, you know what, maybe I need to leave early <laughs> because, um, you know, what happens if there is end of season availability, I really got to get home and then the flood happens and then they somehow get into the playoffs and, and since then, it's just it's just been a whirlwind. I'm just kind of floored because, and I should throw in the mix of that is, you know, while I'm stranded in Canada, I'm also seeing the the United States win gold. So it's so it's really been kind of a surreal uh, month. Um, but it's funny because going into the playoffs, once they had made it, um, we knew that they were either going to face Carolina, New Jersey, or Boston, and d- depending on how the seeds kind of shifted out in the end, and there was that possibility like we really weren't going to know until the very end you know who was playing who and um if i had to do the order of that list um boston was actually number two um 
And my thinking behind that was they were just one of two teams to have gotten two wins against the Bruins all season. Um, Ottawa was the other, but they needed a shootout to get the, the second one. Um, Florida did it in regulation overtime. And I thought, you know what, that's, that's not something that should easily be dismissed. So, you know, especially when other teams didn't have anything close to the same success. So, so that was something where when everyone was like, this is not happening, this is not happening. Um, I, I don't think looking at that, it was like, eh, you know, they might, they might match up here. Like this, this just, they just may kind of rise to the occasion. I don't think I expected them coming back from three, um, one. Mm-hmm. I think at that point it was like, okay, well, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think after game six, um, I think that that's where everything just kind of turned on its head. And once they had that, it was, um, I, I, I didn't think they were going to necessarily lose seven. I, I just, there was something about it. The other thing that stands out to me about this team as well, compared to past years, um, they've been really excellent and building this over multiple years, not just this year, but, but building the ability to come back. That was a problem with for this team for a very, very long time. They didn't start doing it until, until Quenville come, came in. So they had that on their side. And the other thing is that they, in the last couple of years, have been much, much better in overtime during the regular season. To me, that's that's a good sign. Because if you go out there with, like, the intent to attack right away, you know, go for the kill, um, you know, you're, you're building that into your game, and now it's just showing. So, um, so yeah, I don't I – don't, I, I think it's kind of surreal because I have followed this team since, since day one, um, you know, even before I started writing and I remember the year the rat, that was an insane year. Um, and th- this has something, this has something to it. Um, I think last year um, it, when they went on the 13 game win streak at the end of the season, it was kind of like, there was this kind of unsure feeling like, is this for real? Are they really a special team? Are they on that level or what, what are we missing here? And we kind of quickly found out, but this, there's something a little bit different with this where um, they're not playing the freewheeling style. Like obviously we see they're playing Paul Maurice playoff style hockey. They're doing well with it. And it's almost like something just clicked and, and whatever that final piece just mentally seems to be there. So still a long road. Like it's hard to believe there's still, um, you know, two rounds if, if, if you get through one more. Um, but it's, it's really just kind of surreal. I don't, I don't, I don't think in November, December, January, we were thinking this is, this is where we w- would see this team. I, I don't, I just don't think it was there. I, I, I honestly expected them to lose, lose out on the playoffs after about December uh, mainly because when they had that bug that went through the team, I was like, oh, you know what? They're so close, but this is something that can just set you back enough um, to where you'll miss out by like a game or two. Just you see it over over time, um, how those things unfold. So so I really didn't expect it. And then, like I said, my world was just thrown into chaos, traveling and whatnot. And um, so, hey, like enjoy the ride because, you know, how long has it been to get this ride here? So. It, it's it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And of course, the six one and one uh, finish for, for this team to get to their their seed as the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, and of co- course, upsetting the Boston Bruins. And you spoke about this team uh, 
how they performed in overtime even during last year's regular season. But since the 2021 postseason, the Florida Panthers are 7-0 and in overtime. Ryan Lomberg gets that game winner in Tampa. Carter Hagee gets two last year against Washington. The Florida Panthers get three this year in, in overtime. Uh, Verhage, Kachuk, Reinhardt. Uh, and and then now Nick Nick Cousins so seven and zero in the po- in in overtime in the postseason of course how stressful overtime can be and the 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 Panthers have come in the clutch uh, since uh, since that twenty twenty one season and the Florida Panthers now they're in this position they're facing off against the Carolina Hurricanes we we're recording this right before Game Seven of Seattle versus Dallas and with a Dallas Stars win on Monday night we could very well see a all Southern conference final on both sides of the bracket. And, and there's been a lot of complaints on, on online about traditionalists. And and in my opinion, listening to it is gatekeeping mentality for, for a lot of hockey fans. And listen, we talk about all about growing the game and all that stuff. But then when you see these four teams, assuming that Dallas makes it, then you see people say, Oh no, no, not like that. So it, it kind of like, irks me and everything I've seen online, especially with how the TNT crew and how a certain analyst has been right on the Leafs bandwagon. I cannot wait if the the Florida Panthers do end up being on the TNT uh, side of things in the conference finals, which rumors say they're true. We'll we'll talk more about that in segment number three about said uh, studio analysts uh, having to see the Florida Panthers there. So what are your thoughts on uh, the possibility of all four teams being from from the South in, in, in the NHL. So it's, it's funny. Um, so one of the stories that I wrote this year for the hockey news, if you pick up the, um, I don't know, which issue was it? Um, it was the one right around all-star time. So I think it was the Maddie Beneers cover, uh, the rookie issue. I did a whole story on just what's happening to the, the game in the state of Florida. And um, I, I just like pulled it up here. Um, anyone who's saying that, Oh, this is going to be terrible. This is this is bad. No, actually, um, now I can't speak for Carolina, but if uh, if Dallas gets in, Dallas is one of the hottest markets for the growth of the youth game um, or, or the amateur game. Even uh, the same with um, Nevada. Nevada is another state uh, that has a, a huge um, hu- huge metrics and growth as well. So, um, you know, if you manage to get uh, and again, I, I never did any research on Carolina. Uh, it didn't it didn't cross my radar as I was I was, you know, number crunching here. But um, but if, you, if you're saying these are bad markets to land in, probably the exact opposite because they're the youth game is growing so much. There's there's a lot of interest in these markets. Um, this is something that I, I think can you know propel any of these teams to that that next level. So um, yeah, it's it's. Um, it's just short-sighted. I, I just, I, you know, I kind of laughed when I saw some of the tweets going around. I'm like, okay, well, people clearly didn't read the article I wrote because it's, you know, again, three of those four teams um, actually, or those markets make it into my story. So I don't know what to what to say. If you just, if you don't want to believe it, you don't want to believe it. It's not all TV revenue. Um, you know, if you think of how the youth game um Uh, is supported by the NHL, like it's a big deal. Why? Because those are your future fans. Those are fans who are very committed to your team and to that, the hockey community. So, and they spend a lot of money. Anyone, anyone who's played ice hockey or just had to get like skates equipment, like, you know, it's not cheap. Right. So what does that do? That 
you know, brings in more sponsors, more uh, companies that want to want their uh, goods to be bought. So, um, and, and it's an area that's not been, I don't want to say maxed out, right? Um, like there are always going to be hockey fans in Canada and whatnot, but you know, these are markets that maybe haven't been, um, you know, totally untapped or they're not, they're still untapped in some regard. So, you know, there's, there's growth there and um, yeah, it's, Hey, it is what it is. I mean, and and I can name and I can name another market that's not in the playoffs right now that has a lot of youth tournaments that go on in their city. And one of them is Nashville as well. That's one that yeah. consistently grows as well. And also from the AHL affiliates as, as well, Coachella, Coachella Valley is new in, in the AHL this year and they draw a lot in, in what they in what they they bring as far as Henderson for for the Henderson Silver Knights mm-hmm. as well. So that's a big draw on what they've done. And as far as far as what something that 32 Thoughts have spoken about as well is that ever since Vegas has come around and now um, Seattle, those are the high, th- those, those two are in the top five in revenue um, in, in creating in the, in the national hockey league. And maybe it might be expansion team energy in the, in the, in the last uh, four or five years, but Hey, it's, it's still growing uh, as far as uh, this sport is as well. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing uh, for, for, for this game. And it's, it's definitely, we are definitely enjoying this as people who are, who are living in 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 florida but we're going to transition to segment number two where we're going to discuss more about the heart candidates and we're going to discuss where we think or at least where i think that matthew kachuk is going to finish in the heart uh ballot but we are going to discuss this next here on the locked on florida panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about game time and buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets to all sports music comedy theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and get hyped for all the fun you'll have forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event exclusive flash deals on tickets football basketball baseball hockey concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantees that you, you'll always get the best price. Find tickets in the same section row for less, and Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use Lockdown NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Lockdown NHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Segment number two here on this. Tuesday, May 16th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It's a state of the cats edition of the show. Aaron Brown from the Hockey News is here. And it's it's crazy. The Hart finalists ha- were announced prior to game five between the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. But honestly, with the Florida Panthers clinching their spot in the Eastern Conference final, my focus was solely on recapping the game and everything that happened and of course the journey that the Panthers had getting getting to this point but the hard candidates were released on Friday Connor McDavid who had 153 points uh won the Art Ross and the Rocket Richard uh, Matthew Kachuk with 109 points 40 goals and 69 assists and then David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins with 61 goals and 52 assists on 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 the night uh, on the on the season excuse me and the third Florida Panther to be a Hart finalist, one of them was John Van Beesbrook in 
1994, who finished third behind Sergei Fedorov and Dominic Hasek, and Pavel Bure, who was on the ballot in 2000, where he was he fe- finished third behind Chris Pronger and Yarmir Yager. Um, I I know you're part of the PHWA, uh, and you get a vote here on the on the on the heart, but of course it's not released yet, and of course through etiquette you're not allowed to reveal who who you voted for in which order but the word around the street is that mcdavid may be may be unanimous uh this year but the real race as far as as the heart the the conversation seems to be who's going to finish second because most people know who's going to finish first yeah i i think i can say as much as all three of those people were yes on my ballot where the where they were i i'm not about to say um but i think Mm -hmm. there are like 180 something votes um obviously they're all finalists so yeah those those were um those are guys who definitely stood out to me um you know i i think that if you're gonna make a case for Kachuk, we'll just we'll, we'll forget the other guys, right? Like, yes. who cares? This is this is there's a Panthers I, podcast. So it's yes. a Panthers podcast. Like, yeah, we don't we don't necessarily care about the other guys. Um, I think the argument you make is one his output, but then you kind of have to start looking at the end of that season. And you know, sometimes when you're voting on these things, it's not just a simple numbers kind of like, well, who did, who scored more than someone else? Because it doesn't always show sometimes. Um, And sometimes you have situations where, you know, a player is um, so good, but if they, if you remove them from the team, um, you know, you might not feel it. So like, yes, I'm sure the Edmonton Oilers would feel the loss of a Connor McDavid, but maybe not to the gr- the degree we would think so because dry settle is still there. Right. Correct. Um, so same with like pasta, you could also make the case for, for Olmark cause Olmark had an insane year as well. So if you pull one of those out, are they still going to have the season? Maybe they're not breaking records, but you, you're certainly going to make the playoffs and, and do well. So I think in a case like um, Kachuk, like if you're going to make an argument for him, even I would say is like if you were going to vote for him as a number one um, is what he did down the stretch. Um, you know, those last, I believe it was the, was it last um, like eight games he, he scored or he got points in um, seven to eight games. He had uh, three multi-point games and uh, that, that performance really helped propel his team into the playoffs. So, you know, sometimes you do have to like dig down deep and, you know, when you get when you have guys scoring 150 points a season or over 100 points, it's clearly they are the elite upper echelon of the league. There's no question that they're that's that's who your your heart votes are going to go for. Um, you know, but then you kind of look at it too, and you say, well, you know, is there a game where I don't know, you know, McDavid goes off and has five goals against you know the worst team in the league? Does that really you know make a difference? Uh, does that make a difference in the long run? Maybe, maybe not. Like, so, so I think that's one thing that, um, if, if, uh, Matthew Kuchuk were trying to campaign for himself to, to have gotten those votes, that's, you know, I, I think his performance in those last eight games, uh, really are going to have an impact. Um, because like we said earlier, you know, Florida maybe shouldn't have been here. <laughs> um, 
you know, when you're the, the 17th team, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be there. But, you know, here's here's a guy who just, you know, right around the time is kind of when Maurice flipped, when Kachuk's dad comes out and says, you know, they're playing soft and he just he lights on fire. And 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 here we are uh, two weeks into May. <laughs> so I'm still talking, uh, still talking Panthers hockey. So so I think that's a, a really good case. Uh, the, the concern I think that anyone should have with with uh, with Florida players is here's the reality: um, Panthers do not get the coverage that you would see yes. in Toronto or Boston or or even you know Edmonton in Canada. That's just that's just the reality, right? Um, so it's it's something where um, even the people who are covering like a lot of the stuff's behind a paywall. So if you are a voter somewhere else in the, the country and you're not maybe subscribing to the Miami Herald or you're not subscribing to Florida hockey now, um, I'd say the athletic, but you know, um, you know, so, so if you're not, if you're not like subscribing to those, you might not be getting the full story um, uh, of what is going on in, in this market. Um, and I think we kind of saw that last year with, with Jonathan Uberto. He had a fantastic mm-hmm. season. He was he had a great all-around game. Yes, he was number one on my ballot last year because one thing that stood out about him compared to the other guys I voted for is that he did a lot of penalty-killing minutes. And he was still getting 115-something points. So, you know, it's like, wow, you know, you take him out of the mix. Um, you know, I, didn't, I don't think Florida's you know, as good as they were last year. Cause he, he also kind of lit a lot of guys around him on fire. So I think that was overlooked. Um, and, and I think in large part it was because, you know, no one's looking past Tampa Bay to South Florida last year. You know, mm-hmm. it just, it is what it is. That's just, that's just how it is. I think in, in uh, the hockey world. Um, so one thing that I think helps Kachuk too, is that he's a personality. Uh, I yes. think his all-star game, uh, you know, his, was his, his party to say, Hey, this is, uh, this is where I'm going to be the next eight years. And I want to put on a good show for you all. And I'm going to go out there and skate and win MVP. Like, I think from his like second shift, I was like, he's out for winning MVP. I'm pretty sure of this, but that's a great thing for the Panthers. It's going to make them really uh, marketable in this, this area. Um, and then I think that's going to spread to the rest of the country. Again, if you go read, uh, there's a story I did on, on Kachuk. And one of the things I pointed out is, um, the top American players last season, not, not 22-23, I'm talking about 21-22, they were all in Canada. So, yeah, they weren't getting on ESPN. They weren't being seen as much in the American market because the, the uh, you know, Canadian markets don't really excite people. So now you've got one of the best American players in an American market. You've got the hype of Miami. Who doesn't love, you know, the visuals that South Florida can provide? And you've got this, you know, this brash, confident uh, um, guy who is su- supremely talented. Like it's, it's going to be awesome to see how this, uh, how he emerges on this next stage. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a, a good thing for the the Panthers. Good thing for uh, Kachuk. Um, I know the votes are in already. So if he does have some crazy coming out party, even now on the national stage, it'll be lost. But, um, but I think he's going to, he's going to, uh, justifiably earn earn some attention uh, for himself and the team. Yeah, and, and you, you you mentioned it about the uh, the South Florida vibe with Miami. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, Mitch Marner, what he did for the All Star break and in the skills uh, competition as well. Just in, in enjoying the vibe of what what it is 
in, in South Florida and then comparing comparing Pasternak, if you were to take him out, of course, Linus Allmark had a great year, which he's the Vesna uh, Trophy winner more than likely, even though the GMs are the one who votes uh, for the the Vesna Trophy. And you think about what what a guy does more with with less as well, based on and Kachuk definitely uh, fits that definition of someone who most valuable, not necessarily best player, most valuable. So it, it just depends on how you see value when when it comes to like putting a, a vote out there. And hey um who knows we might we might see we might see it not be unanimous towards Connor mcdavid maybe we won't but we'll we won't find that out until uh late june that's for sure but we're going to transition over to segment number three where we're going to discuss more of what has gone on in panthers practice a little look at uh possibilities of the schedule for the eastern conference final and a player who has made his return to Panthers practice. We're going to discuss that next year on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Athletic Greens. And our next partner is literally a product that I use every day. And I started taking AG1 because I needed a little break from the caffeine. And so what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, full food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients support your gut health immune system nervous system energy focus and recovery all the things right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment number three here on this Tuesday, May 16th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It's another edition of State of the Cats. So we have Aaron Brown of the Hockey News here to discuss the Panthers and the rumors and possibilities of when the games could be played like once again for for the listeners we're recording this right before game seven of dallas seattle uh is played so nothing is official yet by the time this drops we might know the official word on the on the schedule but there's multiple reporters one of them being barry jackson of the miami herald saying that tnt is going to take the um the eastern conference final and then we're word on the street from george rickard richards of florida hockey now as well that game one is likely to start on thursday and game two being on saturday in raleigh north carolina uh also for uh there was one player who did return to practice today in a not not no non-contact jersey is ryan lomberg missed the entirety of the leaf series and the the latter part of the Boston series as well. And how how much how much how much of a boost is this for the possibility of the the Lamborghini being back in the lineup? I think right now you just I think the Panthers just have to figure out what is going to be the tone of this series. I don't know that you want to go in with like the aggressive uh, the aggressive style that they had to play against Boston, um, especially the last two um, 
or the last couple games against the Leafs, you know, uh, Paul Maurice kind of talked about that. Like it's where they got away from that, uh, the physical style of play. It was very, very different compared to those early, um, the early round games. Um, so I think it's a good depth piece right now. I think, I think things are working. Do not change what is like, what is the saying? Uh, you know, don't, don't, uh, if don't it ain't broken, it. don't fix it. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yes. Thank you. I could not get that out. Yes. I, I think that's just, that's just where uh, they need to be at this, this point. Um, and, you know, just feel it out. If it's a, if it's a series that's going to get more aggressive, then yes, you, you absolutely need to put him in there, um, get some chirping going, uh, some physical play, get people off their edge. But I don't right now, I don't think that uh, they can even kind of make that determination because now you're going to have a situation where both teams are going to be pretty well rested. So, Mm -hmm. you know, see, see where that takes you. Um, Carolina's got got skill on their side as well. I know they're missing some key pieces. Um, all the same, I think it's you know, don't change it. Figure out what's what's there. Um, you know, if you go in and you know you split the series, you know, uh, maybe maybe that's when you kind of think okay. Or, or if you go down a game in the series, I should say that if you go down a game in the series, then maybe think of changing it up. But um, but right now, I think it's it's too early to kind of really see what what that that tone is so um like like you said we don't even have a schedule yet (laughs) so it's hard to it's hard to even figure out well okay you know how much rest are guys gonna have you know uh, who could be coming back um so i think it's a good depth piece it's nice uh, a nice problem to have that if you do need to make a change for whatever reason he's he's there um but but right now it's don't think you i don't think you mess with things Mm -hmm. yeah and if you do you would probably at least this is just my opinion if you were to at least put them put them in you would probably put them back on the fourth line because you don't you definitely don't want to mess with that top um top nine that that's for sure and the fact that he's back in a uh in a regular practice jersey three days at, at least if the rumor is true that game one is on thursday three days before the conference final starts that's a really, really good sign for the Florida Panthers, and 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 good chance that he will definitely be back. As uh, Paul Murray said, that he will be an option for the conference final. But I do want to talk about this really funny multiple correlations that we we, we see between the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes going into this uh, this uh, series. So um, there's a tweet put out uh, the the other day on all the all the former Hurricanes who are currently with the Florida Panthers. Of course, Coach Paul Maurice, who is the last coach of the heart for Whalers, moved with the team to Carolina, the first coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. They're from 96 to 04 and then 09 to 02. Coached Rod Brindamore, by the way. Uh, the second one is Paul Kropelka, assistant GM for the Panthers, was um, the VP of Hockey Ops with the Carolina Hurricanes in 2019 and 2020. Same thing with Rick Dugley, except he was senior uh, VP of Hockey uh, Operations, but he's the senior advisor for uh, the Florida Panthers, Jared Stahl, an assistant coach for the Charlotte Checkers, uh, played with the Carolina Hurricanes in 2013, only two games. Uh, Bobby Seganini, uh, uh, hope I pronounced that right, uh, assistant coach for the Charlotte Checkers and played 40 games for the Carolina Hurricanes. Assistant coach Tumarutu for the Panthers uh, was with the Carolina Hurricanes 2008 to 2014. Of course, we know Eric Stahl, captain for the former captain of the Carolina Hurricanes from um for seven seasons but he was with the team from 20 2004 to 2006 of course won a stanley cup with them uh 
Atulis Theranen, who was part of the Vincent Trocek trade, who's still who was the only Panther to be on not on the ice for a five on five goal. He was the only player to have zero um, as that number. Zach Dalpy, 2011 to 2014, of course, Checkers captain as well. Uh, Gus Forsling put um, who the Panthers picked up on waivers. And this is the funniest one of them all that I saw. Scott Darling's cap hit, which is the last year on the books. Of course, that was part of the James Reimer trade that sent him to Carolina on July 1 of 2019 and when the Florida Panthers did sign Sergei Bobrovsky in free agency. But this is the last year of the Florida Panthers having that cap hit on their books. So pretty pretty crazy how how the, the relations between these two former Southeast Division rivals yeah, I guess it's a. Uh, I guess uh, what can we say? Hockey is thriving in this this area, right? Like come full mm-hmm. circle. Just if you have people who are still wanting to, you know, be down this way with these teams, um, you know, they got to be doing something right. So, um, yeah, I think out of that entire list, though, to be to be honest, um, it, it, the one that stands out, obviously, Eric Stahl. You know, I'm sure Panthers fans would love to see him uh, kind of make up for a, a for some diving in some past seasons that would be uh, that mm-hmm. would be well well timed in in a, in a playoff series against the hurricanes right you know mm-hmm. um that was such a man just such a crazy piece of lore i wonder if that's ever gonna get dredged up just because it was such a, a heated issue back in like the late 2000s where you know it seemed like the panthers would always have tons of penalties against the hurricanes it always accuse them of diving. Now you've got these two teams facing off in the Eastern Conference final. So, um, and I think install was accused of that a couple times, the whole uh, diving thing. So it would, it would be very interesting to see how this, uh, this plays out. If there will be any sort of um, like full circle moment during this series. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think so much time has passed between, I mean, we're, we're talking 13 plus years when, yeah, when yeah. you're talking about that, when you're talking about that, but also, but I mean, like, what are, yeah, it's 13 years, but like, you've also got the player that, you know, the mm-hmm. Panthers are the player that, that was kind of causing them fits in the past, right? Correct. It's just kind of funny. Like, mm-hmm. that it, like I said, it's just kind of full, full circle sort of moment. Question. How much, how much of a coaching advantage do you think Paul Maurice has over Rod Brindamore, knowing that he coached, coached him, but also Rod Brindamore has, brought this Carolina Hurricanes team um, to the postseason the last four seasons, even had a conference final back in 2019. I don't, I don't know that there's, um, I, I, I don't think like Paul Maurice is some like Obi-Wan figure who can read his former players' minds or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I think one thing to, Maurice's advantage and, and and that stood out to me I think as as this playoff has gone on he just seems more and more relaxed as as this goes on and you know he has coached for 25 years there's a lot of detail that he's he's picked up which I think I would think is to his advantage you know maybe maybe in the past he just you know you know, he had, uh, you know, ideas that could get teams uh, far. Like, he has been to a final. He just hasn't won a cup. So, I think there's a lot that he probably has just from that that long-term experience. 
Um, not to say Brindamore doesn't have that because Brindamore has won a cup, but he's won a cup from the player's perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think we do see a lot of times where players don't always make the best coaches. A lot of them do make great coaches, but not all of them. So, you know, there might be something where he approach Brindamore approaches it from a player's perspective, but maybe that's not maybe the right time and place. Um, whereas Maurice has, has done it from the coaching perspective. He knows what's worked. He knows what doesn't work. He has, I, I would hope a really good feel of this locker room right now, when he needs to step in, when he doesn't need to step in, how he needs to step in. Um, I don't, th- I certainly don't think he's trying to compete with Brindamore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like they can make decisions, but the guys have to go out there and make the plays. The bounces have to kind of happen in their, um, in their favor sometimes too. So, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that he has any sort of like huge advantage. Um, I, I would just say his, you know, years of experience, I think are not to be ignored. <laughs> yeah. And Rod Brindamore now being part of, I saw that 97% of the Carolina hurricanes, uh, playoff games slash appearances, coach and player combined. And great, great. That what a stat when I when I first heard uh, that for for Rod Brindamore as well, and of course, uh, Paul Maurice, you you spoke about how of what to touch and what not to, and it, that goes to goalies. He spoke emphasized again about not touching goalies, and that's Robbie Tallis's job as well. So knowing when to step in, winning, no know, knowing when to address the team, when when to know not to say something prior to the game. he said, even last week, he was saying the players can pump themselves up themselves. I don't have to, I don't have to do it. Uh, paraphrasing here, but also mm-hmm. just the, the experience factor that comes with, with Paul Maurice and, and, and doing so and knowing the, the tendencies of his team and having a, a, a grip of the locker room, that's for sure. But Aaron, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you for coming on this State of the Cats edition of the show. Tell everybody where they can follow not only you, but your work online. Uh, sure. So uh, on Twitter, uh, it's at uh, Rinkside. Um, don't know how much longer I'm going to be on that, but, um, but yeah, at ringside. And then, um, I do, uh, some writing for the hockey news, uh, the website and the magazine. Um, I don't think there's anything coming out anytime soon. Uh, there might be some women's hockey stuff. We'll we'll have to pick another day to just talk about women's hockey, because if you have not gotten into that yet, you are missing out. So, yeah. So we'll definitely need to schedule a day, a day in the future. That's for sure. But Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, to the show and I will see you next time thanks and if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL network including Lockdown NHL Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden and Lockdown NHL Prospects Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for the everydayers, make sure you come back for tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. It is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Jacob Winans will be back to discuss his feelings all about the Panthers making it this far. And of course, as, as more news comes out on the schedule and, play, and player availabilities, we'll be discussing that on Wednesday's edition of the show. So I'm Armando Velez with Aaron Brown. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.